As Protestants and Catholics, we worship the same God, we just do it a little differently. For example, Protestants worship God in their Bible studies, fellowship, and spirit-filled services. And Catholics worship God in their beautiful cathedrals, liturgies, and sacred traditions. But that's no reason to behave like prideful little children in the Father's house, fighting over who God loves more, just because we think our way is the best way. For there is no distinction between Jews and Gentiles, and there is no distinction between Protestants and Catholics. The same Lord is Lord of all, and is generous to all who call on Him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. We are all God's children, but the enemy has us distracted and divided against ourselves. Meanwhile, he's destroying our families and robbing our children of their future. We must join forces. Let's stop talking about how we are different and start talking about how we are all the same in our struggles. We are all broken and we all need a savior named Jesus. We like this idea so much we created Broken Catholic, the number one podcast in the world for Protestants and Catholics. Now close your eyes and take a listen as everyday Christians reveal shocking before and after stories of how they resisted or cooperated with God's plan for their life and what happened next. Today, my featured guest is Stephen Arms. He is a co-author of the book, Milestone to Manhood, a Christian rite of passage to help your 13-year-old son make the leap from boyhood to manhood. Like you can't get more specific than that. BC Nation. I mean, it's for 13-year-old boys, right? They're 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 exiting like that premature weird age or whatever, and then they're entering an even more weird age, right? But entering into manhood and so many times there's no clear like step for them. So they're trying to figure it all out. Like when do I become a man? I don't know. When do you become when did dad become a man? I don't know, and nobody knows. So we're going to address that today. In the book, Stephen shares his firsthand experience of his rite of passage weekend and reflects on how it shaped him into the man that he is today. Stephen lives in Portland, Oregon with his wife, Emily, and is the proud father of two young babies. About the same age as mine. He's got a little beautiful three-year-old girl. He's got a one-year-old boy. Very similar. Stephen, welcome to Broken Catholic, number one podcast on Apple, Apple Podcasts for Protestants and Catholics. Go ahead and fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you? Great. Thanks for having me, Joseph. Wow. Um, you know, I think you hit the nail on the head there. Uh, all you really need to know about me is that I married the most beautiful woman in the world and that I have two amazing children. Besides that, everything else is just peanuts. Well, if your wife's the most beautiful woman in the world, what's mine? No comment there. I'm messing. I'm messing. I'm not going to go there. <laughs> All right, Stephen, Stephen, let's start off. Take a minute. Share something personal about you that very few people in your business life actually know. Sure. Something personal about me that very few people know. You know, I am a pretty stoic dude. I am an introvert. Um, studied engineering in college. You know, I'm good with numbers. I'm very analytical. Um, but something that very few people know is that I have a sensitive side too, you know, um, and I think that's the creative side of me that drives me to do artwork and write a book, you know, and I think that a lot of people see me and they, they judge me as like, oh, he's quiet. There's not much to him. But when you dig deeper, I do have feelings, you know, and 
I think that it's something that a lot of men struggle with is being in touch with their emotions. Mm. Um, it, it's not something that we're necessarily encouraged to do growing up. And, you know, it's kind of seen as like a more feminine attribute being in touch with your emotions. Um, but I definitely have that sensitive side of me where, you know, if someone gives me criticism, it can really bring me down. If someone gives me a few words of praise, I could be, you know, walking on water because of it. So I think that's something that most people don't know about me is that I really do have a sensitive side. That's cool, man. Thanks for opening up about that. Sounds like the love languages, words of affirmation is your jam, man. That's, that's my number one as well. So, Hey, BC nation, send me a few hellos, a little pat on the back. I work hard for you, baby. Right. All right, Steven, thank you for sharing that, man. Listen, let's get into it. Let's get into your faith story, man. What's God been doing in your life? Like, were you raised with faith in the home? Your dad taught you well. He taught you about God. Did you have some dysfunction in your childhood like I did? What happened? Tell us the story. Paint us a picture. Thanks for asking. Um, I was born and raised in the Catholic Church. I have three brothers, so four boys growing up. My mom is cradle Catholic and my dad is a convert to the Catholic faith. We grew up going to church every Sunday and then we'd come home from mass and have family breakfast after, you know, we, we had our fair share of, you know, fights and wrestling and dysfunction in the family. But overall, my childhood was about as good as you can ask for, you know, um, my parents are still happily married today and, uh, yeah. So growing up was, was great. I have no complaints. Um, awesome. So then like you go into junior high, you go into high school, off to college. A lot of us, we kind of leave God behind. We leave our family behind. Was that the case with you or did, was your faith just stronger than ever? No, I, I, I experienced that as well. And when I was in college, I really had a few months of doubt, you know, where I wasn't going to mass on Sundays anymore. I, I think <clears throat> what it was for me is that when I got to college, I no longer had my family going to church with me. And so that just really messed with my head. You know, for 18 years, I went to church with my family, with my brothers and my parents. And then all of a sudden I got to college and I didn't have that, that family there with me. So, uh, at first, I didn't really see the importance of making friends at, at the Newman Center in college. You know, it was like, all these people are kind of weird, you know, like, this is just kind of weird. So I, I would, I would definitely say, you know, I drifted away from the faith for, for a few months there. And, um, but it was probably about six months. And eventually, you know, I decided that, uh, I need to seek advice about what I'm going through. You know, I can't go through this alone. And uh, I eventually brought kind of my questions about God and my doubts to my to my parents and also to my grandfather, who uh, has always been a, um, a North Star in my life. And uh, they really helped me um, answer some of the questions. They shared more about their own beliefs with me. And I would say that was the time, you know, when I was in college, that was the time where my faith really became my own, you know, um, and 
And then I started my junior, my senior year of college. I was I kind of gave the Newman Center a, a second chance, you know, and dove in with two feet and was like, no, I really need to make friends this time. You know, I can't go this alone. Um, and yeah, it was a beautiful thing. I, I took my faith on for myself and made some really uh, godly relationships with men at the at the men's group. Um, friends who, you know, were the best man at my wedding and uh, I still talk to today. So that's a little bit about my faith journey. Yeah, that was awesome. Listen, BC Nation, you know, you're listening to Stephen right now, all you Protestants out there, you're like, yeah, yeah, of course you thought they were weird. They were Catholic back in the college, you know? It's like you Catholics are a little weird. Listen, we are. I, You know, I get it. But so are the Protestants. We are, right? Like, it's just, listen, we're human. We're all broken. We all bleed the same color. We all need a Savior named Jesus. Just a reminder for everyone out there. We're not enemies. We are one family, one father, one destiny, one destination. All right. So, Stephen, like, when did everything change for you? Meaning, like, you stepped into your faith, right? Both feet. You stepped into the Newman Center. You made friends. They're now lifelong friends. That's fantastic. But so many times we have guests on this show, and Protestant, Catholic, doesn't matter the label, but what we all seem to struggle with is that relationship with God rather than just following the rules, the rituals, the traditions, but actually like shifting into relationship where we just have this something happens in our life. Maybe we bottom out, we hit rock bottom, we lose it all. And then we look up and we finally meet God, you know, face to face and know he's our father. When did that happen for you where you actually experience God as a, as a father, not just, you know, a this type of dictator in the sky that has all these rules for you, you know, when did that happen for you? Do you remember? I would say the first time that I felt it in my heart was like I said, in college, you know, probably my junior year when I, um, when I went back to the Newman center and after I had some of my questions answered and I was starting to read the Bible, you know, in the morning by myself, you know, I, I had never done that being raised in as a Catholic, you know, we went to mass every Sunday. Um, we, we said our prayers, but I had never read the Bible for myself, um, in the mornings. And so I, I think it was that experience of kind of coming home, you know, coming home to my Catholic faith, even though I had only drifted away for six months, mm -hmm. that experience of coming home, that's when I, I felt the the presence of god the father and i felt like i have a loving heavenly father who wants the best for me you know his plans for my life are even better than my own plans for my life so mm. in that sense it just makes sense to jump in with two feet and completely abandon yourself to god because he's a lot smarter than you and me <laughs> for sure now how did your life change after you experienced god that way as a father I would say I had a lot less internal turmoil. You know, I would go through before I would just have these ups and downs in life and not really, I guess, because I didn't really have a lot of direction, you know, like I didn't know where is my life going? You know, what is the purpose of my life? And I guess it was after that experience of taking my faith on for myself that I knew like, 
okay, my, my goal in life is to go to heaven, you know, and, uh, I can, and I can do that by staying in a relationship with God, the father. So I think that has given me a lot of direction. So when I think about my job, who I, who I dated, um, who I married, like it gave me direction in almost every decision that I had to make in my life. That's awesome. All right. So speaking of dads, right? When you were 13 years old, your dad did something that's out there. It's so different. It's so unique. It's so one of a kind. You don't hear about it. You mailed me your book, uh, Milestone to Manhood, and I'm reading about this and I'm like, what is this? A Christian rite of passage to help your 13-year-old son make the leap from boyhood to manhood? Like, what did your dad do? What was the experience? And what was it like for you at 13 years old? And then what, how did it result? Yeah, so when I was 13 years old, I had a once-in-a-lifetime experience that my father had organized for me. And he called it a rite of passage. And what a rite of passage is, in my family at least, a rite of passage is a weekend with all the other male role models in a boy's life. Um, they gather around, they take the boy away to a place that he's never been to before. For me, it was a cabin in Lake Shasta, which is in Northern California. And it's almost like a, a retreat for the men of the family. And at the end of the weekend, they, they each tell me, Stephen, you are no longer considered to be a boy in this family. We now consider you to be a man. And so that's really what the rite of passage weekend is about. It's about bestowing the title of man onto your 13-year-old son. So this sounds very similar to like the tribal communities where, you know, they send the boy off in the middle of the night to go spend the night, right? And if he survives and comes back the next day with all the tigers and bears and lions, then he's a man. And now the tribe accepts him as a man. Is that what it's all about? Is the tribal acceptance of your family that you're a man and, and you crossed over? There is an element of that. Yes, for sure. Um, you know, if you look at cultures throughout the world, you will find that there are similar coming of age events for boys. You know, there's the most famous is probably the Jewish bar mitzvah. You know, we all kind of have an idea of what that's about. Mm -hmm. And then there's like the Australian walkabout, you know, where, like you said, Joseph, they send the boy off. He's got to survive on his own. Well, my dad wanted to do something like that for his sons, but obviously it doesn't make sense for him to just send his kids off into the woods in the wilderness for three months and then come back as a man. That's not meaningful for a kid raised in California, you know? So he sought to put together a weekend that would be meaningful. And an element of that was, well, let's get all the men involved because, you know, I, a 12-year-old, a 13-year-old boy doesn't really want to spend time or listen to his dad alone, right? Like that relationship is being tested at that age because the boy is starting to rebel, right? But if you get the uncles involved, when you get the grandfather involved, the boy is a lot more inclined to listen to their advice, right? Because he's not maybe as emotionally tied to those to those guys. Um, so yeah, uh, uh, 
being accepted by the other men of the family is definitely a uh, an element of the weekend for sure. Yeah, you know, as I was reading through, I was listening to some of the things you guys do in in this rite of passage weekend, and you have all these men that you trust in your family, uncles, granddads, North Stars, all that, not just dad who's annoying when you're a 13 year old, right? And you got all these men just speaking truth into you, conversations around the fireplace or the fire, like, this is what I think it is to be a man, Stephen, right? And then one after another, they go around the fire and each man shares his definition of masculinity based on his life and what he's gone through and the, the mistakes he's made along the way. Um, conversations about, you know, how to treat a woman, right? What does that even look like? What else? What else were those beneficial or let me ask you this. What was the most beneficial group discussion for you when you were 13 years old where maybe you had a, a breakthrough or an aha, aha moment for your life. You know, there, there was so much good advice given to me during that weekend. Um, if there was one piece of advice that I walked away from, uh, having accepted it in my heart was that really hit me was my family is there to support me and I can trust them. Mm -hmm. One thing that both my grandfather and my dad told me was that their proverbial door is always open. So if I ever have questions, if I go through rough patches in life, I can always go back to those guys and they will always be in my corner um, with my best interests in mind, you know? And so the fact that they opened up and shared their stories with me, shared some things that, you know, were, were, shared their own brokenness with me. Um, you know, at, at 13 years old, I didn't, I didn't realize how special that was. It wasn't until I got into college and I faced my own brokenness. Mm -hmm. That's when I was like, wow, what these guys did for me, that's really special. And I can trust them, you know, because they opened up to me first and that allowed me to open up to them seven years later, you know? So if there was one piece of advice that I took away from that weekend, it was that the men in my life are there to support me no matter what through thick and thin. You know, and that's awesome because as you went off to college, you felt that loss of family, that loss of community, right? Around you, supporting you in your own faith walk. And because of that, you wrestled with God and your faith for six months. And you could have made a totally different choice that changed the trajectory of your life, couldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. All right. So this is this is what we're talking about. We're speaking with Stephen Arms. He's the co-author of Milestone to Manhood. Um, and this is a book. It's a Christian rite of passage to help your 13-year-old son make the leap from boyhood to manhood. So for all you dads listening right now, like— Stephen, what do you want to say to them right now about their son? If they have a 13 year old son or they have a 12 year old coming up on 13 years old, like, like, what do you want to say to them about how critical this is, why they must do a rite of passage? Uh, do they need to get the book? How do they do a rite of passage? Like, what do you want to say to them right now? Yeah. If you are a Christian father out there with the, an 11, 12 or 13 year old son, what I would 
say to you is that it is your responsibility to bestow the title of man on your son. And if you don't give him a rite of passage, he will try to give himself a rite of passage. And what that means is it, it could mean violence. It could mean the sexual conquest of women. It could mean pornography. It could mean video games. These are all ways that boys try to prove their manhood and prove their masculinity, uh, not only to themselves, but to their peers. And when a father affirms his boy's masculine identity, then the boy doesn't feel the need to affirm it himself through trials, you know? Mm. Um, as far as organizing a rite of passage, if, if you're like, okay, this idea is great. I'm in, how do I do this? Um, definitely the book is a great resource for you. In the book, I write about our family story, but the whole second part of the book is a guide for fathers to organize a weekend for their own sons. That's why, that's why I wrote the book. I wrote the book to share this rite of passage tradition with the rest of the world. So the second part of the book is just a how-to guide on how to make one of these weekends. Um, we also have free resources on our website. So if you don't want to buy the book, you can go to our website, which is milestone2manhood.com. And uh, just click around there. You'll find a number of free resources for you. You know, Stephen, when I was on the website and I'm clicking around, like you said, uh, I was blown away at how much free content and how to you guys give away you and your dad on the website. Like you literally walk through uh, the emails and the templates, copy and paste the email uh, f for sending this out to the other men in your family to invite them to be a part of your son's journey from boyhood to manhood weekend. And like it was just like, all right. You know, three weeks out, send this email, two weeks out, send this email, one week out, send this email. And I was like, wow, this is like a cookie cutter blueprint ready to go if a dad wants to set this up for his son. And who wouldn't? And I, I didn't even know this was available for us to do as, you know, Christian dads. Now, I have a one year old son, but in the future, like I'm holding on to this because I already set the intention of I'm doing this because man, imagine had my dad done this for me. Yeah. That would have helped me to avoid exactly what you said. I did the conquest of women to prove my manhood. And I did the conquest of business and money, right? Status, all that stuff. And man, I not only wasted years of my life, but I almost lost my life. And I definitely lost my faith for quite a long time. And it was only through God's mercy that I was brought back. And I could have never been brought back. Yeah. But what a difference this would have made in my life personally. What that's really say? powerful, Joseph. Yeah. I, um, you know, it's kind of going back to what I was talking about earlier in my own struggles, you know, as a man being, being in touch with my emotions, you know, us men are not always good at communicating and talking about our feelings, but it can be so simple. You know, if, if a father just can use his words to tell his son, I consider you to be a man now that can be so powerful in a boy's life. You know, um, it's so simple, but it can be so powerful. I agree completely. 
you know, and, and boys are really just waiting for it, but they don't know how to ask for it. But yeah. then we, what do we do when we don't get it from dad? We spend our whole life chasing it. Don't we trying sure. to get the approval of dad through all these people out there? Like we're Absolutely. all doing it. We're trying to yeah. get approval of dad through all the girls we're conquering. You know, like it's just, it's ridiculous. That's why nothing actually satisfies. And mostly we're trying to get the approval of our heavenly dad rather than mm. just going to him and saying, hey, father, who do you say I am? Yeah. Like, and then waiting for him to answer and give us that attaboy, you know? Yeah. All right. Like, we're speaking with Stephen Arms. This guy's rocking, man. His book's rocking. He's helping dads like you who are lost with your sons. I mean, so many dads. I get to coach you dads, right? You're, you're doing seven figures in your business, eight figures. A few of you are doing nine figures. You're a bunch of awesome control freak business badasses. You just are. But then you come home to your family, to your kids, to your sons, and you have no idea what you're doing, do you? Like, just admit it. And it's that loss of control at home that makes you get into all the wrong things, right? Alcohol, porn, cheating, all these pacifiers because you don't feel like anyone's teaching you how to do daddyhood. Well, wouldn't it be wise for you to show your son right out the gate at 13 years old? First off, son, here's how you be a man. This is what it looks like. Now you have a choice. Before you didn't have a choice, mm -hmm. but now you have a choice. What do you want to do with it? Like this will change the trajectory of your son's life. So all you dads listening, take this serious, would you? And if your son is uh, 10, 11, 12 in that area, 13 years old, like, like, check this out, man. Because the bottom line is the enemy wants your son. The enemy wants your son. That's why he's trying to destroy you so that you're so lost and confused that you're not pouring life into your son. You're not teaching him how to be a man because you're barely doing it on your own. Just remember that. The enemy wants you out of the way, okay? But you're the only one standing between you and your son. Don't give up the kid, man. Don't give him up. I'm telling you, Stephen, I get a little passionate about this. All it's right. awesome. You should be. I get all, I see all these dads, man. They're beautiful men. They don't know how to express their emotions, their negative emotions, like you said. You know, thanks for opening up about that. All right, Stephen. I want to ask you this before we get into my favorite part. What do you do to strengthen and deepen your faith now? So to strengthen and deepen my faith now, I I do a lot of reading. I have a big stack of books that I I I have on my to read list. Um, I read every morning. Uh, you know, the kids wake up early. I grab them, put them on my lap, start reading. Um, we pray together as a family, you know, there's so much truth in that saying a family that prays together stays together. Boom. I've, I've seen it in my family growing up and it's something that I want to implement in my family now that I'm a father. So we pray every night together as a family. Um, and then, you know, I, I love just silent contemplative prayer. 
I schedule it every day um, in the afternoon, just 15 to 30 minutes of just quiet time with the Lord. You know, that's the time for me where I try not to talk. I just try to listen, you know, and um, that's some of my favorite part of the day. Yeah. For any Protestant out there that thought up until now, Catholics don't actually pray. They don't sit with God and they definitely don't read the Bible. Well, Stephen's proving you wrong here. So you may want to let go of that lie the enemy sold you. All right, Stephen, I'm going to ask you, welcome to the confession round. Right? Confession round. I'm going to ask you 10 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. It's just for fun. It's like a game show. Are you ready? Sweet. Let's go. What's your favorite thing about God? His love. Yeah. What's your least favorite thing about God? Sometimes it can seem so confusing sometimes. Yeah. God, can you clear it up for us? All the yeah. box in my head, please. Sometimes I wish it was simpler. I agree. I believe we're all struggling with something at any given moment of our life. It's just part of the human condition. What are you currently challenged with or struggling with, uh, either professionally or personally in your life right now? To be honest, yeah, I am struggling with my relationship with my brother. We just, our relationship is just kind of on the rocks and we haven't talked in a, like six months, you know, and that's mm. tough. It sucks. Yeah, that does. It really does. What are you most afraid of? I'm most afraid of something happening to my children. Mm. What, do you, what did you spend way too much time doing this past year? The internet. That darn internet. What's so addicting. Secret, so addicting. What secret fear do you have about people? Secret fear about people is that I am being judged by people. I wish I could read their minds sometime. I got it. What do you wish you had learned sooner about God? I wish I had learned sooner that you can jump in with two feet and uh, he'll, he'll be there to catch you. You know, you won't fall hard. He will catch you if you jump in with two feet there. There is a depth of his love where he can, he can love all of you. You know, I wish I knew that sooner that I didn't have to hold things back. Man, so true. Write that down, BC Nation. Hey, Stephen, what's the new habit you're going to create this year? New habit. You know, I'm really into writing. I, mm -hmm. My new habit is trying to write every day, you know, whether it's two minutes or 10 minutes or 20 minutes. Okay, cool. And what's a bad habit you're going to break? Um, the internet, again, just trying to stay off it and spend less time with the internet and more time with my family. Awesome. Awesome. Good thing to do. Uh, pick three words to describe who you are now. Who I am now, I would say broken. I would say redeemed through Christ. And for the third word, I'll say family because I love my family so much. Yeah, I see it all over you, bro. And to pick three words to describe who you were before um, you went two feet into to relationship with God. I mean, before I was definitely still broken. Um, 
Number two, I would say confused. I just had so much more confusion in my life. Number three, I would say more self-centered, selfish. I mean, I still am, but selfish, more selfish back then. Mm. Yeah, I get that. And last question, if you could come back to life after you died, look your family and friends, your wife, your babies in the eye and give them only one piece of advice about God and relationship with him, what would you say to them? I would say, don't be afraid. I would say, jump in with two feet, go all in on God. Don't be afraid that he won't love you. Don't be afraid that um, you won't find your answers. I would say, just go all in. All your poker chips, all in, baby. All in, God. Let's go, heaven. I'm betting on heaven. I like it. All right, homework assignment time. Give BC Nation, my audience, one homework assignment, one action to take this week to move them forward in their faith, uh, in their belief in God, and, and you know His plan for their life, for their family, their business. Um. Your homework assignment this week is to have a conversation with your family, or if you don't have a family with a close friend, have a conversation with them about God, talk to them about your faith. And not only will you evangelize them, but you'll evangelize yourself by doing it. You know, um, you will have to learn a lot about God and uh, what you have to face the questions of what do you believe and why do you believe them by having those conversations with other people. So whether it's your kids, your spouse, a close friend, have a conversation about God this week. All right, BC Nation, do you accept this challenge? Do you? Do you? Do you? Come on, do it. All right, BC Nation, do you enjoy the show? Like, do you love it? If you do, go to iTunes, go to Apple, go to Stitcher, go to brokencatholic.com. Write your five-star review right now. Make it honest. Write about Stephen. You love Stephen? He's great, right? You like what he's putting out there in the world, right? Helping your kid. What a guy. What a guy. Go write a five-star review. If I like it, I am going to give you a shout out live on the show like I'm about to do to Barbio 1992. Barbio 1992. Thank you for writing your five star review. She writes open and honest interviews. Love the style of these conversations on Brokey Catholic Podcast. Thank you for asking the questions your listeners are wanting answers to. God bless this ministry. Thank you, Barbio 1992. Amen to that. Go write your review, BC Nation. All right, Stephen. Stephen. Where does BC Nation go to get more of you, get your book, get everything? You've already shared some of it. Maybe there's more. What do you got for them? Um, if you want to get more, go to our website, which is milestone2manhood.com. There you can buy the book. You can get free resources about how to organize a rite of passage for your own son. And you can also get in touch with me or my dad, uh, who I co-wrote the book with. You love your dad. With my whole heart. Yeah, that's cool. Good job, Daddy-O, wherever you are listening. I know he's going to listen to this because he's proud of you. I know it. So I'm speaking to you right now, Dad. Good job raising your boy well. Good job doing this rite of passage for him. It obviously made a, a huge difference in his life. And I'll bet you God the Father's looking down and he is pleased with you, Dad. Just wanted to say that. All right, Stephen, thank you for being on Broken Catholic. I wish you God's love, peace, and joy in your life, sir. 
Thank you. Same to you, Joseph. Thanks for having me. Have you tried absolutely everything and nothing has worked? Have you tried therapy? Have you tried coaching? Have you tried counseling, Christian counseling? Nothing's worked for you, for your spouse. You just want better communication. When you wake up, do you feel like you want to crawl under a rock in the morning time? Is your brain so scattered and foggy at this point that you're not following through with things? You're not keeping your word in the matter. You're letting people down, maybe your own spouse or kids. Do you have way too much on your plate and you're getting more and more frustrated, which is turning into anger? Are you battling addictions right now? Are you an amped up or frantic person with a lot of anxiety and you're off and on a bipolar and depression medicines? If any of these you connect with, then what I do is specifically this. I do not do therapy. I do not do counseling. Those are for people that want to talk about their problems or learn different ways to cope and manage their problems. I don't do that. Reach out to me if you want to get rid of your problems permanently. Like be done with the addiction. Be done with the medications. Be done with the escaping your life because you just feel so powerless in it. If you want those results and you want peace, it's what we all want. We're all chasing it. We had it as kids. We lost it. Life beat the crap out of us. If you want peace, that's what I sell. It's God's peace. So you can find that at josephwarren.net. You can schedule a call with me, complimentary. I'll contribute 30 minutes of my time into your life. We'll get clear on what you actually want. Then we'll see if we're, we want to work together. And that's me interviewing you to see if you're ready. Are you ready to do what it takes? Some people try to come to me, but they're not ready to be coachable. They're not ready to get rid of the problems. Again, if you don't want to talk about your problems anymore and you've tried everything and nothing has worked and you want to permanently get rid of them, go to josephwarren.net and let's see if I'm your guy.